Hey, we're here. Back again. Back again. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit. It's been way too long. I'm sorry, did I interrupt your woo? Mm. Interrupt your woo? Woo. <laughs> <laughs> he leaned in all close. I'm like, oh, God, he's going to blow the mic. <laughs> oh, my God. We're back. We're back, back baby. Ah, Boys are back feels. been gone for a long time too long we've been working on different trucks we got family things going on my mom is all sick and stuff yeah she's better now a whole lot of stuff's been going she's lifting up chairs and walking around like she's all like 60 again (laughs) mom (laughs) slow down stop what are you on steroids yeah she's doing she's doing way better than she was she she did all she was very close to death but she's much better now that's good to hear she's not quite as sassy as she used to be but you know it's still doing okay um we've been we've been talking about a lot of stuff Um, yeah we've had a a month and a half on and off of talking about things but never being able to actually sit down and record the joys of parenthood uh well for one of us yeah. Um, you don't talk to your kids. I, I, <laughs> yeah, my, yeah. my kids get flushed down the toilet. So <laughs> That's that good. terrifying thing to say. <laughs> no, just, go, oh, no! Uh, uh, it's, uh, channeling, channeling Josh Henderson. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> uh, no, freaking, yeah, so we, like, we were at Comic-Con, right? We saw a lot of cool stuff. We, yeah. saw, we saw a lot of, um, like, amazing costumes. A we saw a lot of, of a lot of costumes that were too tiny for people that were too big, which that, is okay, was, too. Which is, you hey, you. people watching. It's good. <laughs> people watching. I love it. Fun. Yeah. No, Mike hosted a panel. I hosted a panel. That was cool. For the awesome book by our buddy Bunch Kevin of, uh, Miner, which went gold recently. It's got a gold, a little gold emblem now. It's a great book. Yeah, it's amazing. But, uh, yeah, no, it was... that book again? It was, like, Don't Feed After Midnight, the, the biography. The book, the biography. He just wrote it about about us. <laughs> it's all about us. And then he was like, God, I wish I were there. No, it's actually called Mega Awesome Notebook. And you can actually get it in school libraries now, which is pretty sweet. Because yeah, my awesome. daughter totally donated it to her library. <laughs> she did. Um, but, yeah, we saw lots of cool stuff there. I mean, we met Henry Thomas, and he's like... E.T., he yeah. was uh, Elliot. Yeah, and he was the dad of Haunting a Hill House. Yeah, the dad of Haunting a Hill House. And really? I loved that series. Oh, and yeah. it's so funny, until I saw the connection there, I had no clue that he was Elliot yeah, from E.T. Did. So I was like, man, he's, I loved Hill House. He's such a good actor. He's really, really good. Like, he's a really nice guy. We talked to him at the after party in a little bit. Yeah, he was um, funny. I t- he, we talked to him for a little bit, like, at the con. So I didn't want to interview him and bug him, so I was just, ch- we just chit-chatting, you know? Yeah, but... Sometimes nah, you don't was... want to rip the mic out, you know what I mean? And he was a good dude, you know? He was a lot of fun. He's got a really good band called Farspeaker. Farspeaker has a lot of good music, too. Yeah, man. He's a, <laughs> I mean, he's a talented dude, and he's not a... He's not like he's just a one of the child actors that does a little bit and then just disappears for the rest of his life. Yeah, like, he's he actually yeah. He's put in his work. And he's, you know, he's not afraid to talk to people and stuff, too. He's just, you know, you can walk up to him and just talk, which is generally what I do anyway. That's why, like, I don't get starstruck. I just go up and talk to people because I don't give a damn. Right. <laughs> like, people are just people. Yeah. That's, that's why I talked to Jason Momoa. And yeah. I, did, I only put my hand on him once. I only touched his body one time. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't object. <laughs> he, was, he was that poor guy who was standing around a fire pit with girls standing around him. I just walked up and stood next to him looking at the fire and, like, yeah, right, man. He's like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of people. <laughs> this is before, this is like, I want to say that was probably 2011 or 12. It was a while ago. Oh, hey, while we're potting, um, oh. <laughs> I, just, I just read that he wants to do it. 
What would you think about Jason Momoa and Peter Dinklage doing a Twins remake? Oh you my God, yes. son of a bitch. That has to happen. In, just, internet, you it. must make that happen. Please. Oh my God. Petition right now. God damn it. <laughs> No, I see they, they he, he like some fans sent him a Photoshop of like <laughs> of him and, that's and, awesome. And Peter doing the uh, the the poster for it, and it, he was like, "Dude, this is perfect. I I, I want to do it right now." Oh my god! But no, there's uh, the problem with Dinklage is there's really no easy way to get a hold of him because he doesn't do uh, like social media like at all. No. There's all these accounts out there. If you follow a Peter Dinklage social media account, you got to realize that it's not him. He yeah. has no official social media account, you know. That's y'all, cool, though. Y'all quit making noise over there. I'm recording. Hey, hey. <laughs> I use my dad voice. But yeah, so we so we saw some cool stuff. You did the you did hosted the panel. We saw some really cool people. Yeah. Uh, Motor City Comic Con was huge this year. I mean, they had this whole upper gallery. They had meeting rooms. You know, yeah, dude, it was awesome. Um, I, I mean, because they expanded it like to like, oh yeah. You know, they added like a whole extra third. Of space. Uh, there was over seventy thousand people this year, guaranteed. It was yeah. nuts. They're t- you know, I'm sure their ticket sales were through the roof, but yeah, like overall, like it was really, really cool. That's awesome, though. They uh, and the crowd seemed a bit more into it than last year. Oh yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's just because of the people they brought. Um, but no, it, re- it really did feel like the crowd was a bit more into it, even on like a cosplay. Like a costume. Oh yeah, there was like, a lot of costumes. It felt like it was like time. one in three people had a costume on. It was awesome. It's like a big Halloween party. That's the way it usually is, I That's, think. Except, but this year, I think it was very. Um, there, there was the a lot kids. more kids. Yeah, there was a ton of kids the this kids, year, which I thought was they hilarious. Were so awesome. I met a young artist by the name of Loki. Yeah. You know, and Loki is a very good. She's very cool. She does oil paintings, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, she had done a painting of Henry Thomas, so I took her to meet him. Oh, that's so that was kind of fun. I feel bad. I think I may have embarrassed the poor girl, but <laughs> she was like, she was real cool. She's chill, you know. Yeah, yeah. And her dad actually owns a bunch of uh, my wife's work, which is really cool, you know. Oh, well, that's it makes nice. me happy. I'm like, yay! That's nice. Buy my wife's stuff. Put my kids through college. Put yay. my kids through. Yeah, that's what I do yeah. all the time. That's what I yell people when they walk past. I'm like, hi. Put my kids through college. <laughs> Just demand. It, w- it was a great year, though. I mean, yeah, we had a good time. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I enjoyed it immensely. You know, the after party, of course, was you know really cool. That was fun. Yeah, and then like, what other stuff we were, we were gonna cover? We we have a lot. I have a list. Oh yeah, Phoenix. Yeah. Unfortunate. I haven't even seen it. I haven't seen it either. I but I well okay. I'm gonna lie. I have seen parts. There are parts on YouTube posted yeah. from like you know little bootleg like phone rips of uh, the movie. It's pretty bad. And. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty bad. It's like <sighs> it's like, <laughs> like what do you right, say? So yeah. so imagine like they took the last stand, the worst X Men movie of all. Yeah. And then just like like tried to make it closer to the comics, and then just completely diverged from the comics altogether. And it's now it's like its own thing, and it sucks. That like, sucks. It's like, because Sophie Turner is a really, she's a good actress. Dude, everybody in it's a good actor and an actress. It's just the writing, the story, the. Well, you told what they said that the, the, what you told me the one girl. Uh, I think I just said like what and like uh, gibberish for like five seconds there. That's okay. You said the blonde haired girl. Yeah, the um, blonde haired girl from all these trailers that's like following Jean and yeah. like kind of pushing her along through the story. They rewrote her. Well, they rewrote her character from the ground up like four times. That's f- in production. I'm sorry, that's dumb, and that's yeah. really, really poor. So they poor said showing. they said she started off as a scroll, and she was like totally aware of that, and then they changed her, and they didn't tell her to what. So then she had to reshoot a bunch of scenes. What? As a race, she didn't even know what it was. That's then, ridiculous. And then they did it again, and then she was a Shi'ar, and they did it again, and then she was a Debraki. And by the end of all these reshoots, she had no clue what character was going to end up on screen. You can't do that to an actor. I'm sorry, you just cannot do that. If you're, you, you're killing the process. I mean, if you have to tweak a, tweak a role, like, a little bit here and there, that's one thing. But you do not rewrite the character that many times. You're definitely from not from the ground up. No. Because but, that's that's difficult for the actor to get a handle on. When you go into a movie, 
and I'm not an actor, so I'm not speaking from experience, mm-hmm. but I would assume that you you go into a movie with a certain mindset, mm-hmm. you know, like when when Bella went into Game of Thrones, she was she knew what she was going to be. She was going to be Lana Mormont. Right. When um, uh, when Gwendolyn Christie goes into Game of Thrones, she knew she was going to be Brianna Tarth. You know, things like that. They ha- they're aware. Well, like Peter Dinklage did that one movie, uh, uh, Death at a Funeral, the yeah. original, the, the British one, and it was very funny. He went into that role mm-hmm. knowing he had to play uh, a gay man who wanted to extort money <laughs> yeah. from the, the death of his gay lover. You know, yeah, and you things ju- like You things. just can't go into a role not knowing it what would it is. It would literally be like them doing, like having Mark Hamill go in, you know, they do Luke Skywalker, and then halfway through the movie, Luke is going, you know what, I want to make him the bad guy. Yeah. And, then, no, and then like they film a bunch of scenes and he goes you know what let's take this back I want to make him Yoda right you know, it's Luke like you, is Yoda yeah exactly it's just like you can't you can't do that no. you know to an actress period no it's, it, well, it's, it's, it's not fair to them it's not and or the audience nor to the audience right because you know, they're, they're not getting the same experience like as no. somebody that was well aware of the role prepared for it for months and then got it, uh-huh. like, and it and it landed, and that was it. No, she didn't even have a chance to land. No, like, she didn't, and it's not fair at all. She had to reinvent her character. Well, because then, and this this is the thing times. about the actress too. People are gonna watch the movie and go, well, well, she didn't grasp the role properly. She didn't do a good job. It wasn't her fault. Right. I mean, one hundred percent. The actors, if an actor has chemistry, they're gonna succeed. Yeah. One hundred percent. It's gonna like like no matter how bad the movie is, the actor is gonna look good. Yeah. To a degree, but direction and the writing is poor. No matter how good the actor is, they don't matter. it's going to make them look bad. It's going to reflect on their career. So this poor girl going forward has to <laughs> tear this albatross around with, her neck. When the know? script is terrible and you're acting it to your best, you're uh, you're still going to look terrible because that script yeah. was bad. Yeah, like, like, I mean, you know. That's how this. Well, like though. in Men in Black, you were saying, you know. Yeah, like, well, they're saying uh, there's a crowd of people that are just like, you know, this new Men in Black movie with uh, Thor and Valkyrie is like terrible. Uh, it's just a, it's such a lackluster movie, and uh, the only real good things about it are the, the two stars and the chemistry they have. And I was sitting there thinking, like, all right, you got Men in Black 1, 2, and 3. Mm-hmm. Two of those were not received anywhere near as good as the first. Yep. And, yeah. I mean, I love the second one, but it, <laughs> you can't deny that none of them did as good as the first one. No, at all. It and, was- like... That's always been the recurring theme, is that the story is good and all, kind of, you know? It's like, it's passable. It's always been a passable story. But you don't go to watch Men in Black for the story. You go to watch Men in Black because it's got Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones getting into some hijinks, and it's hilarious. Yeah, exactly. Because they have really good chemistry together on screen. Like, that was the whole redeeming factor of the movie, was you got this tough dude that's, like, really strict and serious, and you got this dude that's really playful and funny. So, like, you know, if you tell me that you love Thor and Valkyrie in this new movie, and this new Men in Black movie, but you hate the script, I'm sorry, but what are you going to see a Men in Black movie for the script for? Exactly, like you're, exactly. Like, no, you don't go see those movies for deep intellectual, right. <laughs> like, you know? Honestly. <laughs> like, like, conflict and emotion. I'm not know? trying to discover... I want to see... The, I'm all about the feels, man. I'm, I'm not trying to discover my inner resolve by watching Men in Black. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, right. Honestly. Like, you're not meditating. You're like, oh, this is great. I'm like, like, what a top... What, 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 what did he say? Oh, it's No, a, but yeah. I'm... I mean, it just upsets me to hear that, like, something like writers and directors together just failing led to actors being like pooped on which is good that now the director for Dark Phoenix has officially came out and said uh, like it's definitely on him the whole failure of it is definitely on him it's only done like 50 million in box office that's pretty bad and it's been out for a week and a half this is James McAvoy and And Michael Fassbender Fassbender. these are really good sought after actors yeah you know, but it's it's just a mess of a movie. Yeah, it's just it's it's good that the director stepped up and said, "Hey, this was my fault from the beginning." Like, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I tried to right my wrongs with uh, what I did in Last Stand, and then it ended up coming back to bite me because I bit off way more than I could chew from an early from an early point. Early, like an early draft of the well, movie, or just the early point in the movie? Do you think? Well, they already had a draft, and Marvel came to them and was like, "Look, dude." You gotta change this shit up because we already are doing scrolls, and our movie comes out months before your movie. Oh, that's true. So they were like, "You gotta yeah. change your shit because this is way too like similar." Similar, and not only was it like the whole scroll thing was similar, 
because that, that blonde chick was going to be a shapeshifter. She was going to be changing into different people like Mystique, which is crazy. Really? Um, but like, oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. So she, she was going to be the Skrull character that we like would have seen from a different point of view. So it would have been like, all right, well, is she a mutant? And then you'd find out by the end of the movie, like, no, she's just a scroll, and she's been changing her appearance this whole time because of that. Um, so then but, it would have been pointless anyway, because that franchise, that universe is dead now. This is right. this is the end of that universe. Right. It would have been the worst else. time to introduce the scrolls. Then I found out the ending of the movie was originally going to have Gene like powering up as the Phoenix. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> the alien chick when she was she are when they were doing that version of it. Yeah she was gonna call in her battleships in like in from space and you were just gonna see like an like an armada show up in space above earth and phoenix was just gonna like go crazy and just annihilate all of them and uh it, they were like that's literally the ending of captain marvel she, <laughs> she flies to space and she takes out all the bad guys yeah. like that's the ending and uh they were like, you guys got to change that too. What do you guys? That's you're taking all of our shit, and yeah, we're gonna, and yeah. we're coming out before you. So it's gonna look like, <laughs> so like they had to rewrite because Marvel already was three steps ahead of them at all times. You know, without forewarning the actors on why, these people are just like, dude, they don't know what's going on in this movie. They they had ideas, and all of them were blunders. That's pretty bad. Yeah, that sucks for those people. You know. Yeah. Because I mean, it's just like the. I'd be happy to get a paycheck for being, like, a key grip on a movie yeah, like that. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, right. Like, oh, my God, I actually made $3,000. I think I made more than like, Fassbender. Dude, like, God, that movie was terrible. <laughs> well, the thing is, too, like, these like these actors are guaranteed a certain amount of money yeah. just for being in the film. So at least they yeah, get like paid. Yeah, they signed contracts. But if, you, like, but if you wanted a percentage of that movie? No. No, you're not getting anything. Like, Robert Downey is getting a percentage of all of the total um, proceeds of Endgame. But that's because he he set a deal like ten years ago. Like, yeah. I want to do a bunch of movies and get a percentage and get and get the chunk. But the final one I do, I want the percentage. That's smart. That's because really because smart. he knew the final one would be the most exciting for his character. Oh, yeah. Easily, and he was you know he wasn't wrong. And now he's got a two point eight billion dollar movie to split the shares of. That's awesome. Like that's fantastic. That's insane. That's pretty good. Now, what, speaking of that movie, we have extended scenes, don't we? Yes. <laughs> Feige just came out and revealed multiple things. Feige, not just beautiful a, bastard. I love this man. Uh, um, he also <clears throat> revealed some Spider-Man stuff that's possibly Ooh. in the works. I saw something on I was on Twitter yesterday, fl- flipping through doing stuff. I'm like addicted to Ancestry.com. Yeah. So I'm like every now and then I go on Twitter and I post some funny pictures because shit like I'm related to Henry the Eighth. He's a, he's a first cousin. The ultra uh, polygamist. Yeah, yeah. The guy who married Anne Boylan and then lopped her head off so he could marry somebody else sort of thing. Yeah, that guy. He was just going girl to girl, lopping <laughs> heads. He Which like, explains a lot. He's a first cousin like 16 times removed. It's horrifying. And, uh, That's ridiculous. Yeah, and, uh, it's almost it's it's not a direct line, but it's almost yeah, direct. Yeah. But then he like and the worst part about it is my other direct my one of my direct ancestors practically is Rice Ab Thomas, who would like he killed Hen- or he killed Richard the Third, like in battle oh, with a freaking Polaxe. He he killed Richard the Lionheart or whatever. And <laughs> That's uh crazy. Like, which is fine because Richard the Third was a usurper anyway, and you know, yeah, yeah. he's an ass. Uh but like, you know, so it's so Rice Ab Thomas becomes super popular. He's an extremely powerful landowner and under Henry the Seventh. And then his son like his son like speaks up and's like, you know, and of course Henry the Eighth takes over and he's like, No, I don't like how much power you guys have. You know, and then <laughs> he's like, No no and then he's like, But I'm gonna do I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna mess up with this girl. I'm gonna lop her head off. And oh they're God. like, "No, you can't do it. No, you can't. You can't you do that." So he goes, "You know what? Uh, I don't like your I don't attitude." Like your... <laughs> He's like, "I don't like your attitude." And it says right now on Ancestry.com, it says, "Beheaded on Tower Hill of London." Oh, I was like, "That's amazing." That's crazy. But I digress. That's some real Game of Thrones <laughs> shit. It is Game of Thrones. I'm royalty. I want my lordship. <laughs> I want my throne. Well, the worst part about it is that Rice Ab Thomas is on one side of the family, and if I'm related to him. Somewhere down the genetic line. So basically, one of my ancestors was him, and one of my ancestors was Henry VIII. So two of my ancestors basically fought each other. <laughs> you know, That's you know, crazy. Well, I should say one of them. One of them executed the other one. And, uh, I but, think it would be sweet <clears throat> if, like, you know, I, 
like I wish there weren't like certain wars where like censuses weren't burned and like mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know entire civilizations were wiped from it from the yeah, face oh, of yeah, yeah, yeah. because I'd love to see where everybody connects because everybody does connect somewhere. Some point, yeah. I mean, I go, I go back. I mean, I go Union Army. You know, I've got papers from the Union Army, like pension and stuff yeah. like that for my ancestors, and you know, I go back to the Tudor family on one side. But just a little bit. It was just married into the Tudors. Like, he was the stepfather of Henry VII, mm-hmm. you know. And then uh, you go back to the other side, and the Rice, ta- the Rice family. And, like, you know, it's just kind of fun to look back. But some families, yeah, they, like, they're dead. My, my grandfather on the one side assumed his name when he came here, my mother said. Yeah. So because of that, like, he was born in Poland in, like, 1880-something like that. Oh, my, my great-grandfather, I should say, my great-grandfather. And I have nothing beyond that. Right, it's, it's it sucks because it's it's impossible to find records because a lot of it was just destroyed, destroyed in, the in, war. in two different yeah. wars too. Yeah, you know, yeah. I forgot you know, World War One. Poland yeah. got messed up. Like, Straight like, up, people that die. You forgot about <laughs> the die. you forgot about the Doughboys. <laughs> oh, the Doughboys. I don't even know what that means. You don't know about the World Wars. Oh, you know the World Wars. <laughs> they had like like big cannons and stuff and people flying in ships with the aliens with three fingers. <laughs> it was War of the Worlds. That oh happened. my god. Yeah, but like, you know, like yeah, it's interesting. You know, it's funny because my wife's family, like, their family name was, like, Italian. And her cousin went and did the genetic test, and there's not a lick of Italian blood in them. Oh. <laughs> they're, like, they're, like, they're like, I, like Irish and uh, Slovakian. Dude, funny <laughs> enough. Because um, they immigrated, basically. One of my dad's friends just did a whole ancestry thing, and the first thing he found out was that his dad isn't his dad. Yeah. That, and, and he's thought this man yep, was his dad for like 30 years. That happened to one of my years. other cousins, too. Yeah. And he was like, dude, what? I thought I was Mexican. It's like freaking Jerry Springer. He was like, dude, I thought I was Mexican. I've been saying all kinds of cholo slang my whole life. Oh, my God. It's horrifying. And he was like, dude, I'm just a, I'm just an Irish white boy. I'm a little Irish white racist bastard. Right. He was like, God damn it. He was like, you That's know. horrifying. He was like, you know what? I'm going to keep saying it, though. He was like, because I, I was raised Mexican, so it's right. all good. That's not how that works. But he was like, he, he was looking at whose dad was. He was like, God, this guy was a piece of shit. He was like, yep. good thing, uh, good thing I was raised by this other guy. Yeah, one of my cousins found out that the man she grew up thinking was her dad wasn't her dad. That's heartbreaking. That's, it is. It's up. happening a lot. It's like Jerry Springer's happening like five times For a day. Everybody, <laughs> you do a genetic test, you're like, oh, oh, oh. oh. Yeah, I met cousins. I have cousins in London. Uh, I've got cousins in like all over Ireland, like tons of people in Ireland. That's crazy. Yeah, shout out to the Hennedys. You know, Ooh. like yeah, these people, they, they don't listen to this shit. Um, we know I've got family everywhere, and I'm I found a link right, like literally, Gross Point Woods, yeah. like literally four blocks away, is one of my cousins I never met, and my fuck? and my mother in law hired her and trained her. <laughs> That's so what? weird. You know, but I've got family in like LA. I got family all over. It's kind of neat. I really enjoy it, you know. But it is addictive. It's like a game. You know what I mean? It's like a freaking video right. game. You go, oh, okay, this is this person, and this is oh, potential father, potential mother. You click on them. Oh, this is their family history. Oh, potential. Here's a potential mother and father for them, and it just goes back and back and back yeah, and back yeah. and back. And that's how I found like all sorts of people. I'm related to lots of folks. Yeah. You know, but the the costly side of the family, like the French side. You know, came through in the 1800s. Luckily, luckily, none of my ancestors fought on the wrong side in the Civil War. Wonderful. You know, and I found that to be very relieving. I don't remember. Because I've had friends find out, like, oh, guess what? Your ancestors, <laughs> my ancestors were jerks. <laughs> like, right. you're like, oh, I oh. I don't remember. I might have both sides of the war in my family because my... It doesn't surprise me. My you grandpa... son of a bitch. He's two-timing <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> my grandpa, he's like... He was Mississippi raised. Oh wow! And uh, you know he's got Native American in his blood, and he's also got some something else. I've got somebody in my family. Her name is Thankful Walker. Thankful Walker. The Rice family, which is the direct link to Henry Rice and yeah, Thomas, yeah. who was apparently very very big in Britain. Like they study him in yeah. church and school and stuff. Um, but like they, he married one of the Rice family members came over, and he married a woman named Thankful Walker. My mom always said we had Native American in our in our blood, and I'm wondering if that's the link. Although she was like Native American, possible. But this, this is like 16, you know, this is 1600s, so like 1650. That's pretty early. That's a stretch. Yeah, you know. But I mean, I, if it is, that's cool. I also found out that one of my family members was um, the Booth family, which would be my father's oh, side. Wonderful. Yeah. Nice dad. No, 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 not him. <laughs> no, it's not. John Wilkes Booth had no uh, no offspring, so that's you know. Okay. But, 
but they're she, related. This is one of the girls of the Salem witch, witch trials oh. who told people <laughs> that these people made her like do things. So she's direct. One of my ancestors. Somebody. Yeah, she did. One of my ancestors oh, is directly responsible for the deaths of five people being burned alive, drawn and quartered, stretched on a street. Like literally, like, like she's like a horrible person. You know what this reminds I'm like, me of? it's like a great, 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 great. Actually, no. You ever play great, the, great aunt? You ever play the web uh, game um, Town of Salem? No. It's like all right. It's like a card game basically, but like just on your computer. Yeah. And it's like eight people come out to the center. And you're all given a role. Um, you don't know what each other's roles are, but like, you uh, <laughs> you you have to do something at night. But when you come out in the day, everyone votes to hang somebody, and you either say yes, they're guilty, and then they die, or you uh, you say no, they're innocent, and they live. But this like this whole thing remind like you say she she convinced five people to be accused this, the last time I played the game this guy was like like all the people's names were like something stupid like they chose like animal names like they were like rabbit horse dog and then yeah. like this one guy was like fucking get that sloth and then like er- everybody in the town was like yeah get that sloth for no reason like no one had any like backup to the fact that they might have been a witch and then they were like get that rabbit <laughs> like so this guy was just making these like funny like <laughs> provoking lines that everybody was like yeah they gotta be a witch that's crazy so now I just imagine your your ancestor going like get Rachel and yeah, then basically, like, and yeah. everybody's like oh I guess I'll get Rachel <laughs> that's terrible <laughs> it's really, really bad. I was surprised that that actually happened. You know, that's hilarious. I mean, though. I knew that I knew that was going to have links to some people. Mm-hmm. You know, at some point, right? But like, that was pretty bad. Like, I'm like, <laughs> really? Like, she she did. She's going to do that, huh? All right, then. That's fine. You know, like. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of funny though with all these uh, ancestry things. Is like when it has a. Um, when you see a uh, like a family that you you knew some of the people, but when you find out like oh they had a sibling, and that sibling just kind of disappeared from the family. Oh and look at these records. That sibling like went off and started a whole new life with like a whole new family, and then he just said forget the whole main line. So now like there's a whole offshoot of this family because this one dude was a jerk. Like it's kind of crazy how the family splits up oh, over yeah. time. Oh, it is. I mean, you know, there's certain, uh, what you might call it, there's certain members of the family. Like, I mean, obviously, she married after that and had kids, but she was like my, it was it was his daughter, too, so she's like a great, great aunt. The thing yeah. with my family, and this is one thing I discovered, is that my um, father was one of 20. Oh, my My father gosh. was adopted. I never met him. So, oh, okay. you know, so I knew it, that's pretty much where the family line ended. Yeah. But I knew once I did the genetic test, I found the other family members, and I discovered he with one of 20. My grandfather was 60 years old when my father was born. Holy my smokes. Gr- yeah, my old man got it going on. Yeah. And my grandfather, <laughs> my my grandfather was born in 1885. Holy shit. Mind you, the other side of the family, I'm only 42. Dude, that's 140 years ago I'm only ago 42. Almost. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm 22. But um, it's like my, my grandparents on the other side of the family, my grandma was born in 1922. You know, and grandfather was born like 21. So, I mean, you're looking at like a big difference in age. You're like, that's, it's ridiculous because he was so old when my father was born. I basically skipped an entire generation. Yeah. So you go, my great-grandfather fought in the Civil War. That's how far back you go. Your dad, Not, your yeah, dad could have fought in World War II and shit. One like, and two. One and two. No, my, well, my father was born in 44. Oh, so, okay, so yeah. then he would have been a... Yeah, because the Civil War, you know... Oh, you're, I, I see, I see. But your grandfather... My grandfather could have like, could have been in both. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that happened. In, uh, let's see, was it 1861? Yeah, 1861 to 65. Yeah, so my 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 great grandfather straight up fought in the Civil War and had a. That's where I have the pension records from him. He was a Union soldier fighting against the racist, you know, South, South, Southern SOBs. armies and stuff like that. Yeah, and he's actually buried down in a cemetery. You know, after some big war or whatever. It's interesting. If you look further back at Ancestry.com with your family and you you know certain events, like I have a whole section of the family in Massachusetts in 1776. Yeah. You know, we declared our independence or whatever. Yeah. And in 1777, almost all the men from that family that were living in Massachusetts are dead. 
Because you know the war just happened. Well, yeah, the British came in and killed them all. Yeah. You know, and some of the women are dead, too. So the children survived, obviously, because the family survived. So the revolution is going on. The women weren't touched. So the the British came in and were like, no, I'm going to kill you now. You you don't talk back to me. Give my tea money. (laughs) That's that's exactly how it happened, too. Like, they were like, we're independent. And then, like, the war kicked off, and it was just nuts from then on. So, like... It was brutal too. Yeah, you know? big, just big I got, battles. I got a family that fought in the War of eighteen twelve. The interesting thing is, most of my family came over. Um, the whole side came over in the sixteenth century, mm-hmm. and which so they're like the founders, you know, of America, sort of thing. And the other side of the family came over later. But I could talk about my family like that forever because to me, it's new. It's like if yeah, I've only, yeah, only been doing it a month, and it's really interesting. Yeah, you know, so being related to the British monarchy. That's really uh, cool. It means that you all have to call me Sir now, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm Archduke, Archduke I'm, Stephen, <laughs> Archduke Stephen Youngblood, Earl of Derby, I guess is like eighth cousin or something like that. I don't know. I don't know much about Britain or about English. I'm like learning as I go, but it's kind of fun. I like it. You know, I'm, I mean, obviously, I'm born in America. I'm an American. I'm not going to become a lord or anything. It doesn't work that yeah, way. No. But it's still neat to need to know. You know, yeah. and it's neat to meet family members from over there. Like I've cut in contact with cousins and stuff. You know, and I think if anybody's done that sort of thing, you know, leave a message on our Twitter account. Like, hey, I did Ancestry.com. I, you know, this is what I discovered because it's really kind of cool. You know, I, I really enjoy I enjoy expanding my family like that. Because one side of my family, my mom, my mother's side, I knew, and it's huge. The young the young blood side, you know, the uh, the Cosleys, the Casalettes, it's a it's a big family, you know. Yeah. And like Joseph Campo, in Detroit here, there's a yeah, road yeah. that's named after my ancestor because he owned most of the land here. That's crazy. Because he was a rich bastard. And uh, <laughs> too bad that too that didn't happen with me. I was eating government cheese, living out of a truck. Wonderful. I would have loved to have been. Joseph Campos descendant. Damn it, Joe. Know. Damn it, Joe. <laughs> Pissed all the money away. Yeah. Actually, I'm not going to knock that government cheese. It was pretty good. <laughs> that <laughs> to makes, be honest. It makes really good grilled cheese sandwiches. Uh, but you did you did Ancestry, too. You found all sorts of stuff. I did Ancestry a long time ago. Yeah. And we found, uh, like, I, I'm, we found out that my grandpa was always brought up believing that we were of Choctaw Indian descent yeah. on his side. But we found out really fast that we were we were Creek Indian, and uh, like I, I don't think there was like any kind of like leadership in our family for Creek, but it yeah. was uh, like it was just really just the great grandma and uh, or the great great grandma was was Creek Indian completely. Oh, that's cool. And she married a dude that was just American dude. American and, uh, dude. Yeah, I'm not sure what what he was, but. <laughs> Um, the the farthest stretch we went was back to like the 1300s or something. I went back to the 12th century. And it was because uh, <laughs> I'm weird. <laughs> but it was uh, it went back to England and like that's a, that's another funny thing. We didn't even know we had English in our line. Um, I mean we're we're white obviously, but like we didn't know where like it came from. We thought it could have came from I don't know Italy. France. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's hard places. to tell because once they get to Ellis Island, they can they can tell them whatever they wanted to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the first things um, when we were looking at the England side of the family, it was uh, like our thirty second cousin is still alive to this day, and they live in England in uh, um, the town that's actually named after our last name. Like our last name holds true through like all of them generations. That's awesome. Which means there was just a ton of male heirs to pass down the name for, like, to, to where I could have a 30-second cousin with the same last name. That's crazy. Nuts. And, um, yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess it's just one of them English things of, like, make sure you have a boy so you can pass down that name. It could be, yeah. Like, I, you know, most of the family, I've noticed that, like, going back in the family, there's a lot of the same names repeating. Mm-hmm. And some of them are even, like, feminine versions of male names. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So we found out 32nd cousins and then we like when we looked back at the line that connects it it's uh it's crazy cuz it's it's like the archdukes whatever of uh, a certain village that eventually got named after the family. So like my my last name is Carlisle, their last name is Carlisle. And they live in a town called Carlisle. That's crazy. And there's a full castle and a family crest and everything. Like, there's actually a soccer team 
named after the family. That's hilarious. But it's it's all still around today, and uh, the castle's still there and everything. It's fucking nuts. Looking back and just seeing like, you know, that's where the family is. It is pretty nuts. I've gone. You go back through my family. So at least your family were murderous, crazy people. Right, right. I don't. I don't have like Hitler in my family. No, yeah. You know? And I don't really either. But I mean, you know, like, like when you go back through the family line, and you're looking at like. Oh, that would be horrendous. <laughs> Imagine being from the south and looking back through the family tree. Uh, a lot of cousins. But yeah, so it's it's a kind of fun. And, yeah, the ancestry thing is is really kind of neat to do. You got to wonder how many famous actors and actresses, you know, are like related. You know, eventually. Like lining up? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that happens somewhere along the way. Well, you know what's crazy? Some of them change their last name so you can't tell. Right. Like Anderson Cooper's mother recently passed away. Gloria Vanderbilt was was Anderson Cooper's mom. And Gloria Vanderbilt, of course, Vanderbilt family is huge and influential. They actually built the Billmore House in Asheville, where I grew up, as a summer home. It's a French chateau. It's like a 200-something room French chateau. It's it's a castle. Massive. It's a freaking castle. You know. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's interesting, and it's, that's it's, awesome. It's interesting that people pick different last names too, specifically so they don't be associated with their parents. You know, it's kind of crazy. I would do that in a heartbeat, though. I'd be like, "Yeah, that's my name. What? I'll take that free cheese sandwich." You know, <laughs> what like you get free cheese sandwiches? Sir, is your last name you know? Butt Liquor? <laughs> That'd be horrible. Like, like, there is. A, I did. I knew a kid growing up. His last name was Butts, and he hated his life. Did you hear about the doctor that just? Well, the lady that just got her doctor degree. Yeah. Her name is Marijuana Pepsi Van Dyke. Okay. Look it up. I'm Marijuana Pepsi. Like her mom named her that specifically to draw a fame. That's horrible. And her mom's name is like Maggie Johnson, like the most simple name you could ever think of. Yeah, real oh woman in marijuana God, Pepsi. Poor girl. She said she went through decades of, of torture. Well, yeah. Because of it. You change your name to Mary when you turn 18. That's what I was the Mary first thing Jane. I would do. Yep. Wow. Man, her like, mom sounds like a dick. Her mom, right. Like, <laughs> her mom just like wanted the, the cash cow to come from her daughter's name. Yeah. And, and it never worked out. On the Hill, the Hill website right now, it says a woman named Marijuana Pepsi earned a doctoral degree with dissertation on uncommon names. That's oh so now she's God. Dr. Marijuana Pepsi. That's pretty good. How are you going to be Dr. Marijuana Pepsi? Uh, oh, wow. And you know what? We're probably not that far off from THC-infused pops, so it's going to be funny if they use her for... Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so no, totally. If they use her for advertisement. Oh, yeah. Take it from the doc. <laughs> Take it from the doc. She's like, yeah, funny. <laughs> we'll be right back. We'll take a little break here. Listen to this ad. It's good. You listen to this ad. Right, right. He-Man, He-Man. Hook or face the evil hook of Trapjaw. Trapjaw, Battlecat, and He-Man. Each sold separately. not included. That hook won't stop He-Man. In Trapjaw, we use his vicious claw. Still no contest. In Trapjaw, we use his wicked laser. Even a one-armed army can't stop He-Man and Battlecat. You win this time, He-Man. Trapjaw figure from the Masters of the Universe collection. He-Man and Battlecat figures each sold separately from Mattel. All right, we're back from that little commercial break. It's definitely not two seconds later. It's definitely a whole, like, we, we listened to that whole thing. It's, I took a full nap. You did. I, I can nap sitting up. Um, <laughs> was I was going to say, yeah, so freaking like, so we've gone over some of that stuff, and there's other things coming out now, too, like, okay, I know you don't follow Trek real, really close, but no, not super Star, close. Star Trek is coming out with an animated series. I it's, saw Picard's got his... Uh, Picard series is going to be coming out. They did the first trailer, which looked amazing. Old man Picard. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But, yeah, this, this, the um, the Star Trek series, the cartoon series, Yeah. Uh, the anime, basically, you know... Is it going to be in the style of the original? No. No, I'm going to do it. Uh, All right, so the, it's, it's an animated... Um, uh, thank you, Variety, by the way, for having a good website. Because uh, I completely forgot <laughs> important facts about the cartoon. Um, yeah, but so it's coming on Nickelodeon, and basically really? it's going to be about um, I think it's about kids that steal a ship. Okay, and uh, then they kind of become their own offshoot. Because apparently, all access, CBS All Access gave a two season order for another Star Trek animated series called uh, Lower Decks, uh, but it was being created by <laughs> Rick and Morty writer Mike McMahon. Oh. So God only knows what Lower Deck um, 
It's going to be about uh, support crew serving on one of Starfleet's least important ships. <laughs> Which is, that does sound pretty funny, actually. That's funny. But, uh, yeah, so it's, from what I've gathered, um, the Nickelodeon one is about, about these kids who steal uh, a Starfleet ship and just they're on the run. Yeah. But, and Patrick Stewart does voiceovers for Picard in the... Oh, nice. So I don't know how they're going to do it, if he's just going to be like a mentor kind of role or if he's, it's going to take place during the next generation time period, which would make it, sense. It would make sense, yeah. Which would be more fun because they could do more with it because they could have them interact with certain events in the Federation timeline or in the or like next generation timeline. Or like they're some stuff, yeah. yeah. You know, but um, like I don't know. That's, it I'm sounds be interesting. For one of the movies and just get blown up. Oh my god, it'd be hilarious. I mean, I'd watch it. I think it'd be kind of. <laughs> I think it'd be kind of funny to see. I mean, I, I'm all about more Star Trek stuff because the universe is a lot of fun. There's a lot of room to go. Like, I feel. I feel like there is a ton of Star Trek like shows out there, but like, there's still forever to expand. Oh yeah. Like, you never could stop. Like, you know, it could go on for literally forever. Just like Star Wars. I mean, I don't see Star Wars ending anytime soon. No, no, and I'm excited for that. Like, this next movie is going to be amazing. Hamill. I'm so excited. I've been every now and then I, I tweet random crap at Mark, and he'll like like the tweet and stuff because yeah. you know I feel like I goof around all the time. But you know, I call him Mark because I can, not because he knows who I am. <laughs> no, <laughs> He's not my friend. I just call him Mark He's a Hamill. Cool dude. I would assume that people know who Mark Hamill is at this point. If you if don't you know, know, you should not be listening to this podcast. No, you know. But, but uh, no, he's. I mean. I think it's so funny that people are still trying to spin the narrative that Mark absolutely hated Last Jedi. I know, because I know. like every single thing he ever says is like totally pro Star Wars for all of it. Like the only things he ever said was, "If I wrote Luke, it would have been different." He yeah. didn't say this Luke is bad. He didn't say this what this whole new trilogy is bad. He literally said, no, it's. I think it's all great. I love all the actors. I think the storyline is really good. It's not the direction I chose by, you know, by my hand. Yeah. But it's but it's its own thing, and it's good in its own way. I am going to say that a lot of this, this vitriol that's being spewed at this movie is a 100% a byproduct of a generation that's grown up being able to say whatever the f- they want to say without repercussions. As far as, like, accusing people, making up stories, lying... You know, like this this entitlement thing where it's like I it's about me. It's thing. me, me, me. You know, and the thing I'm going to say this: my my generation was not like that to a degree. There was to I mean, they're baby boomers. Had, oh, they're like that you know, now. They, yeah, they're like that now, and but they weren't like that. They before. were not like that before. You know, yeah, the me era, the '80s, where everything was like you know, you got to collect you know as much stuff as you can, be rich, rich, rich. Right. But like you know, like my, as far as like the spewing of vitriol, I think this. You know, it's having worked at Starbucks and had people literally spit in my face and then have to make them a drink the next day. Yeah, there's no consequences for a lot of people, and the internet feeds into that where they can they can yeah. type whatever they want. Now the internet's dangerous. You know, and it's it's, it's it bullshit yeah. because people like Daisy Ridley, who's a very sweet, nice person who did a really good job in her role, is getting absolutely shit on. But then letting the beautiful Asian girl, poor Rose. I mean, that that she had to take her her she had to Twitter down and her Instagram and stuff because she was getting death threats. Daily, she was getting. Yeah, and these are these are idiots. These are and these are people that probably don't have a lot of friends, that live alone, and that their entire life is just one thing. And if it doesn't go exactly the way they wanted to, we saw that you know they have a heart attack. We saw that in Game of Thrones. Yeah, when Game of Thrones ended, you know the series ended. It wasn't the the ending I necessarily would have wanted, but I didn't hate it. You know, I enjoyed watching it. I really wish, you know, um, Leanna Mormont would have wound up on the Iron Throne because it was the funniest crap. That would have been but <laughs> Or Dinklage. Dinklage would have been great. Oh, my God. But, you know, it, it was it was what it was. And this is the thing. Like, people basically need to, like, take the good with the bad, mm-hmm. acknowledge that it happened, and move on. Like, it's a story. You write your own fan fiction. You know, do right. But you can't, you can't force them to remake a movie you can you know anybody that's no that, that was started, that was all jokes the petition yeah. Yeah. i can't believe they even considered oh. i think people are stupid people i mean i guarantee you people are dumb enough to go you know yeah if we get enough petitions they'll remake it like yeah yeah that'll happen they yeah. have a game yeah. of thrones too and it's selfish yeah. it's not no, acknowledging it it's not acknowledging the directors the actors the key grips all these people that put their heart and soul into this movie or film or show it's being selfish. And not enough. to mention, like, I, I don't understand why there's a... I just had an old man rant. Do you hear that? Yeah, At no, the whole, I was like, that was like, that was like five minutes of me just ranting. Yeah, like, <laughs> n- no lie. Like, I, I just... 
I see these people online and they're like, you know, this this movie needs to be like removed from canon. It needs to be rewritten. It's horrible. It needs to be this and that. And I'm like, yeah. and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna lie. There's parts that I would like redone in certain ways. Yeah. I, I don't care for the cancel bite part. And it's just that I don't care. It's not that I think it's bad. It's just I don't care. It doesn't yeah. intrigue me. Um, you could eliminate that from the whole movie. From the whole movie, and I wouldn't notice. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, all the, all that is is just relationship development for Rose and Finn, and I think that was a whole. Well, you know, you could do that with the first movie too. You could have them go to find Han and Han and Han and Chewie, and literally just have them go there, find right. Han and Chewie, and leave, and not right. do the cantina scene with him it, getting the arm cut off, all that stuff. Right. You know, and, and you wouldn't notice. It's, it's always true about every movie. But see, like, you know, when there's a whole mass crowd that's the vocal majority. Yeah. And they're like, this movie's garbage. This movie's hot trash. This is the worst Star Wars movie, period. Like, my first question is, did you see the, like, did you see any of the previous Star Wars movies? Yeah, right. Because I'm sure a couple of them are worse. Oh, dude, the first movie, and as much as I, I mean, I'm a huge Star Phantom Wars Menace. fan. Yeah, well, no, or I'm not, a new hope. A new hope. I don't new, count those yeah. three, <laughs> but you know, because those are. I, I, I mean, they came after. But just, yeah, the new hope. You if you go back and watch a new hope now, there are some serious missteps. You know, but you don't. Time. But, but you, like, you got to look at it with the like. It's it's an there's adventure. There's missteps in literally every Star Wars movie. Oh, there's, yeah. there's things in literally every single movie that are like, God, that is awful. But you got to watch it and just acknowledge it. it's just that that particular scene. Like there are crowds of people that hated the Ewoks and oh, thought yeah. the Ewoks were a waste. Well, they wanted to once the people found out it was supposed to be Chewie's people. The the uh, it was supposed to take place in like in, in the planet. You know, right. it's like really like that would have been cool. I think that's a little bit of sour grapes because they're just like, man, that would have been so cool. Man, oh, I hate that now. But you it's know. crazy. Like when the movie does one point three billion dollars, yeah, you can't possibly tell me that the majority of fans hated it. No, that's that's the thing. Like, and it, sometimes it's the movie's just a vocal thing. Nothing's going to be tailored exactly for you, and, and I think that's part of the the issue too. Is a lot of like online gaming experiences and stuff when you play some of those games it's, you can tailor it just for you you right. can pick the mission you can pick the role you're going to play you can pick the adventure you can pick your friends you can pick the, the server you go to you can pick you know all these different storylines almost pick your ending basically right. and when you know people have grown up playing those things now then the real world hits them in the face and they're like well I want this ending for the movie why can't I have this ending why not you know, like, like they don't. It's it's a weird sort like of disconnect. Kid, I'm sorry, but the writer is gonna make the writer's choice. Yep. And the director is gonna make his director <laughs> choice, and it's all gonna end up working within to make sure that this is the best story possible. Yeah. Because your story that you're thinking up has a million plot holes that you didn't even think about yet. And we're gonna like, do a review on this movie, um, Zero. Direct, oh direct, yeah. Directed by David Lynch. And his brother and like uh, like the Lynch brothers, it's, you know, did put this amazing short film together, and you know we've seen it. Like he was kind enough to share a copy with me, you know, pre-release copy, and mm-hmm. you know I watched it. I can't review it until the official release date on Dust, which is a, on YouTube, like the Dust channel. They're going to release it when they release it. We can do the review on it until then, but you know I can't. I can't right. do anything about it. But it's got Bella Ramsey in it, and there's you watch that movie, and this is one of those things where it's amazing. It is really cool, mm. and it's you know there's the tension is really good, the ending will blow your mind, you know, and it's an awesome, awesome example of what you can do if you just let a writer do a thing. It's, it's really simple. It's uh, you know it's nothing um, too over the top. It's not a it's, tremendous amount of special effects. No, you know, and not a really until the very end. Yeah, it's, and it's like it's for a short amount of time but it's like and if you would, if you had anybody but her I don't think it would work as well no she has that gravitas and that um, that like when the camera's on Bella it definitely like she holds your attention no matter where she is in the scene mm-hmm. you know and it's just you know an actress like that because there's not a lot of speaking throughout the whole thing either yeah you know and that's the thing yeah it's, it is very quiet it's a really it's a quiet tense you know movie and to me it's I mean it's, it's not necessarily horror but it's it borders it that borders that though. yeah because yeah. you're like you're on the edge of your seat you for feel the like whole something movie. is like and you're watching lurking. and when it ends you want more you want so much more and I'm waiting for this to come out and have people go well, why didn't they do that why didn't they do this because it's just like it's one of those movies where there's so many different directions the characters could go and there's questions left unanswered but that's you know, that's and I love awesome it. it's oh, like, yeah, I love it you know, it's, it's really stirs your imagination you mm-hmm. know like, I thought it was fantastic it'd be like you know if you've seen a flower growing and you had no clue what it was and then you just snipped the bud yeah. before it bloomed and yeah. then you're like huh 
Well, now that flower could literally be anything. And yep. I don't know what it would have been. So now they it's blank slate if they want to make something totally new. Like I told David he needs to make more. I'm like, oh, God. It'd be make sweet. More, make more damage. It'd be sweet. <laughs> it was a really good film. And they I could mean, probably really pitch good. it as a, as a little short to get some kind of series out of it or a movie out of it. I think they'd be brilliant doing that. I mean, like, it's a really good film. They've a done a lot of a films. A movie that came out uh, a year ago or two years ago, uh, Ken. Oh. My, my dad actually... Um, Is that about the phone from Microsoft? The little tiny no, one? My wife no. loved that phone. No. <laughs> my dad actually... Look it up, uh, kids. My dad worked with the guy that directed it like 20 years ago. My dad gave that guy his first acting... Or not acting, uh, directing position um, for one of my dad's music videos. So he gave this kid his start, and now 20 years later, the guy's working for J.J. Abrams and Ron Howard and all these like super famous uh, directors... And the dude's, like, doing all this awesome shit. He's in writing teams with all these famous people and shit. But uh, he he pitched the idea with these French guys for this movie, Kin, where this, this little urban kid gets a... Uh, he, he comes across an alien weapon that was kind of left behind. And, like, all of a sudden, like, task force, like, j- just come through. And he's, you know, on the run, basically because he has this alien weapon and he feels like because he found it and it works for him then he's the only one really worthy huh. of, of, of having it that but they, they cool. pitched the short and the short was phenomenal um, and it reminds me a lot of this this Bella thing um, but like they once they pitched the short the studios were like dude this is great so then they got real casting for it they kept the little kid that was casted um, in it and then they just uh, pushed it to a min. Um, I think it was a minimal amount of theaters. It wasn't in a lot of places, but because they filmed it in Detroit, they had uh, a decent amount of uh, screens here. And then they had a, a bunch just nationwide. But I don't know if it went international. But no, it was. Uh, it's one of them things where, like, if you pitch a small idea, it could turn into something huge for oh, you. Oh yeah, and, totally. Well, know, that's the thing. She too. Ar- she already has Game of Thrones under her belt. Oh, yeah. So if, if uh, you know. And not just that. I mean, she, I mean, she does stuff that, you know, we, like, I obviously, obviously don't watch the Worst watch the, uh, worst Witch series. It's not yeah, really yeah. geared toward adult men. No. You know. But, you know, like, yeah, like, you have Game but of Thrones. But she has many good things She does Hilda. Oh, yeah, Hilda. Especially my, my at kids, her age. My kids so watch young. Hilda. Hilda plays every night. It's, we put it on for the baby before bed every night. Yeah. And Luke Pearson made this, this graphic novel, Hilda's whole comic series. And they adapted it and made a movie on, or a TV series out of it on Netflix. You know, Bella does the voice. And it's that voice is what the baby likes. So, yeah. like, you know, I can I can have the damn screen off and play audio of Hilda talking, and the baby's just, like, stops, like, listens. Like, it's yeah. awesome. You know. But, you know, she's got stuff like that. So she's doing a lot of different things. But her acting ability. Yeah. It's what sells you know, it. It's like, you know, we talk about her a lot in the series mainly because, you know, like, she's really cool and she's also a contributor yeah. <laughs> so that helps too she's one of the few people that's ever actually contributed to the uh, yeah. podcast but no, she's you know, her and Mark Hamill which is cool mm-hmm. and it's one of those people that we talk about I mean I talk about Mark because I'm a Star Wars fanatic you know but you know Bella's one of those actresses that I think is kind of fun to watch because she's always doing different stuff right. she's an ambassador for the Prince William uh, Award Foundation now so it's, it helps kids you know basically you know be better people which I think is fantastic mm-hmm. But yeah, I like I like supporting people that um, I think are fun to watch and I think have good messages. I mean, yeah, you know, for somebody like like her that does so much for like different organizations and for kids in general, you know, as a dad, I hundred percent approve of that. You know, I think no, it's that's amazing. Awesome. Yeah, you know, and Mark just does all sorts of stuff. You know, but I mean, there's lots of people we talk about, and I think promoting people that we enjoy is part of the podcast. I mean, that's that's the thing. Like that's part of the deal. You know, it's you know being producers of a podcast and producers of a show is one thing you do have a certain uh, responsibility to do stuff that you think the audience wants to hear about but there's also a bit of selfishness too because I do what I want <laughs> you know and I and it's, it's the way it's always going to be like I'm always going to talk about whoever I want to right. you know like I think it's fun too huh, in general mm-hmm. but we've, we've covered a lot of topics I'm going to say that Phoenix flunking like that was um, not wholly unexpected 
the, the attention yeah, for the Star Trek I series. Had hope. I had hope for the Phoenix movie. I did too. I mean, I, you know, I like I like Sophie, and I like I all the Sophie. actors in there. I, honestly, and I think that's part of the thing is liking the actors. You know, I I was hoping for more, but Very you know, because I like the actors. I think they're amazing. You know, yeah. and but it's, it's sometimes you you can't. There's nothing you can really do. You know, yeah. if, if you're given a crap script, no, nope. it's just nothing you can do. About it. And I'm calling it. Out. I usually don't call out writers and artists like that because it is an art form. But if you half-ass it and you you fucking go and rewrite and rewrite and rewrite, when you get into the rewrite stage, that's what this would kill the Warner Brothers DC movies. Yeah. As far as some of that, I mean, some of them were really good. Don't get me wrong. There are parts of Batman versus Superman that were hilarious and fun to watch. Yeah. And epic, you know. Right. But then you've, there's also parts there's where you're like, parts that are like, why do they do that? Yeah. Let's make it like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know? We'll be back next week. Hopefully, we'll record a little bit more. We have next week off, but you're going to be in Toronto, and then. Niagara Falls. So if anybody wants to go meet meet Mike, go to Niagara Falls at 5 p.m. I'm kidding. It's not going to happen. It's not gonna, a bunch of people show up like, hey, can we push you off this bridge? I just show, see a crowd of people. Your show sucks. <laughs> I'm like walking with It's not my fault. Steve did One it. One guy just points at me. You. Steve did it. It's Steve. <laughs> but listen to some of our uh, other podcast buddies, too, you guys. I mean, our... Uh, um, our friend Paul Ritchie from the Continue Show. He does. They do Continue Cast with uh, Nick and Josh, and they're you know. But Paul also has this new show called the New Matt Show, and they talk about all sorts of fun stuff. And the last episode they did um, was about physics, which I thought was pretty cool. It's a very smart show. Um, I like it. Uh, our buddy Josh Henderson, also from the Continue Show, does M Class Podcast with our friend um, Jeff Pennington and Jeff and Josh it's basically a Star Trek show so listen to M-Class Podcast it's hilarious if you're easily offended do not listen to M-Class Podcast um, <laughs> uh, don't listen to our show either because if you're easily offended obviously yeah, Jason don't listen to anything I should say that <laughs> just stay at home and read newspapers but just do the crossword puzzles those might be, it'd be offensive for you I don't know but <laughs> alright all right, y'all. We'll talk to, talk to you next week. Maybe do some Lord of the Rings talk. Uh, I don't know. Possibly. Uh, Maybe. I always promise that we're going to talk about crap, and then we never do. Because a week goes by, and we forget. And when we never see each other for a month. <laughs> oh, we saw each other for five minutes for at a time. For five minutes uh, at a time. It's horrifying. There's no chance. It's the joys of running a business, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. We bank. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Peace. Peace. Between